0: Wake up, sleepyhead. It's that time again to get up out of bed. Welcome to the Java and Jesus Morning Show, where we brew some caffeinated Christianity for you. Good morning. My name is John Souza. I'm the pastor at the Salvation Army Church in beautiful downtown Rochester, New York. All right, well, I hope you have some Java in your cup and your Bibles open up. It's time to get into the Java and Jesus Morning Show. Let us start off with General Patton's army. His third army is heading through western Germany, heading towards Berlin. It's April 1945. World War II is coming to a close. And as General Patton's army is coming through Germany, they hear there are rumors of hidden treasure, hidden treasure buried 2,100 feet under a salt mine called merker's Mine, merker's Mine in germany it's where the nazis had stolen all this treasure and and put it in this mine and so the the american army they had to go down 2100 feet down some shafts and some tunnels and they came to a big steel door they had to blow open the door to a bunch of explosives and when they entered the mine merker's Mine, they discovered a great treasure 40 bags of silver bars 55 boxes of gold coins, 711 bags of American money, 8,200 gold bars, 400 tons of expensive painting and artwork. Yes, I'll say it again, 400 tons of expensive painting and artwork. And they found German money in crates, totaling $262 million. And they even found some gold teeth. Wow, what a treasure. Can you imagine finding a treasure like that? Well, I want to tell you today about something even better, even a greater treasure. You know, in Colossians chapter two, verse three, it says, "In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." I'll repeat that again: Colossians two three, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But folks, you got to dig for it. Jesus, well, the Bible says actually Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, "You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart." In Christ are hidden all the treasures and wisdom of knowledge. So today on our Job in Jesus Morning Show, I'm going to be talking to you about, again, the wonderful wisdom of God, part two. Last week was part one, the wonderful wisdom of God. So let me have a little prayer here, and uh, make sure you got some job in your cup. And my prayer, we're going to open up. So Father God, I pray you help me today to just bring forth your word. Help us to have hearts that are open to respond to your word. Let your word be alive and active, and let it perform the work that you have sent it for us. So bless this time now. Bless each here, Father, uh, whatever they, uh, needs they have, I pray that you would just meet their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So the wonderful wisdom of God. We're going to see today that wisdom is imparted by Jesus. Yes, wisdom is imparted by Jesus. Uh, go to your Bibles, open them up to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go right to chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. I'm going to go through a few scriptures, so make sure you got your Bible opened up. 1 Corinthians 1, We're going to see that wisdom is imparted by Jesus. So it says here, By his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But the part I want to look at is, by his doing, by Christ's doing, we became wisdom from God. Christ is the one who imparts us wisdom. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So if you want to be wise, folks, it comes through Jesus Christ. He's the one who is at work in you for his will and his good pleasure. Go to chapter two of 1 Corinthians. Again, I'm going to be flipping through the Bible a little bit here. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16 says this. It says, A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Why? Because they are spiritually appraised. See, um, the mind wouldn't the mind that doesn't have Jesus in him, uh, this gospel is foolishness to them. They can't even understand it. The, the darkened mind can't even understand the words of god it says here in 15 he who is spiritual appraises all things that he himself is appraised by no man see a spiritual person a person with the mind of christ puts appraisals on everything they play we place values on everything i'm going to place value on what i'm going to watch i'm going to place value on what i'm going to listen to i'm going to place value on even how i think a spiritual man we appraise all things verse 16 says who has known the mind of the lord that he should instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. You see, when we have Jesus into our lives, we get the mind of Christ. We no longer have to be conformed to this world, but we be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The Bible says, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass, new things have come. So wisdom is imparted by Christ. But wisdom Christ can't impart until you give him your heart. Amen. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you will hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in and have fellowship with you. Wisdom is imparted by Jesus. In fact, Luke 21:15, Jesus says this. He says, I will give you utterance and wisdom, which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Christ is the one who gives us utterance and gives us wisdom. Psalm 119, Oh, I love thy law. It's my meditation all the day. Thy commandments make me wiser than my enemies amen psalm 37 verse 30 says the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom ecclesiastes 10 verse 12 says the mouth of a wise man his words are gracious words look at first corinthians chapter 2 go to verse 7 and 8 and let's see what it says here first corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 says we speak god's wisdom in a mystery the hidden wisdom which god predestined before the ages to our glory The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Folks, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, but it's a hidden wisdom. You can't get the wisdom on your own. How does it happen? It comes through verse 10. God revealed them through the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. We get the wisdom, the mind of Christ through the holy spirit. Jesus said in John 14:26 that that God's going to send a helper, the paraclete, who God will send in Christ's name and he will teach us all things. So this hidden wisdom, the natural mind cannot understand it, cannot comprehend it, it must come through the spirit of God. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. First Corinthians 3:18 through 20 says this. It says let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is what? It's foolishness before God. For it is written, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise, that they are useless. If you want to become wise, you got to become a fool, a fool for Christ. You got to humble yourself and admit that you cannot be wise on your own but you got to get your wisdom through the spirit of god through jesus christ i think of a man named voltaire he was a 7th or uh, 18th century french philosopher and i believe an agnostic who vilified christianity for the most part and he said these bold and brazen yet foolish words, uh, words excuse me he said christianity will vanish in 100 years christianity will vanish in 100 years and when he died in 1778 Voltaire, his library was bought by the British and Foreign Bible Society. And guess what they filled his library with? Yep, you got it right. They filled it with thousands and thousands of Bibles. Christianity has not vanished. It's been 250 years. And Christianity has not vanished. It's still flourishing. Amen. So do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Amen. So wisdom is imparted by Christ. Go to the book of Acts, if you would. Acts chapter 6. We're going to take a look at a man named Stephen for a moment. Acts chapter six. We're going to go right to let's go to verse nine. I pray uh you got your Bibles opened up here. Acts six, verse nine says, Some men from what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, including both Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen. These are some smart guys from the society. They rose up and argued with Stephen, and verse 10 says, And yet. They were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Let me say that again. They were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen was speaking. Wow. Was Stephen a pastor? No. Was he a preacher? No. Was he a philosopher? No. Was he a professor? No. Who was Stephen? He was a waiter. He was waiting on tables. But they couldn't argue with him because of his wisdom and his spirit. Acts 6, verse 3, excuse me. Go to verse 3. We'll see this about Stephen. It says, Acts 6, 3, select from among you, brethren, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, and whom we may put in charge of this task. So we see here, Stephen was full of the spirit and full of wisdom. So they couldn't argue with him. They couldn't cope with his wisdom. Amen. The spirit he was speaking with. He was just a waiter. But Jesus said in John 12, 26, where my servant is, that's where I'll be also. So when we are wise and we act like a servant, because the greatest among us shall be a servant, Matthew 23, verse 11, when we act like a servant, that's when Christ shows up. Uh, You might have heard of an author from years ago called Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee said this, when we take the place of a servant, he will take the place of Lord. When we take the place of a servant, he will take the place of Lord. Where Jesus is, that's where the servants will be, amen? So Stephen was just a waiter, but they couldn't cope with the spirit and the wisdom he was speaking. Remember, Jesus said in Luke 21, 15, I'll give you utterance and wisdom, which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. And if you don't mind, go to Acts chapter four here. Acts chapter four, we're gonna look at Peter and John now. This is one of my favorite scriptures right here. Acts four, verse 13. Acts four, 13 says, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John. And they understood they, they were uneducated and untrained. But they marveled. Why? Because they recognized as Peter and John as having been with Jesus. Peter and John had this great confidence. Why? Were they... Trained at Dallas Theological Seminary? Were they trained at Moody Bible College? No. Were they trained at Harvard? No. They were uneducated and untrained men. They were just fishermen. Just fishermen. But they had the wisdom from above. James 3.17. And the wisdom from above is described as it's unwavering. They had confidence and they were unwavering because they had the wisdom of God. Where did this confidence come from? Did they catch it in a fishing net? Perhaps they caught it on a fishing hook? No. Where did Peter and John get this confidence from? Well, Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Micah 6, verse 9 says, In the fear of the Lord, there is sound wisdom. Proverbs 9 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Peter and John got this confidence, got this wisdom, this unwavering wisdom. Why? Because they spent time with Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. People recognized Peter and John, as having been with Jesus. Do people see you, and can they recognize that you have been spending time with Jesus? You see, he who walks with wise men will be wise. If you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to abide under his shadow. Jesus says he is divine. If you abide in him, you're going to bear much fruit. Will people recognize you as having spent time with Jesus? Because you see, you can't hide what you don't have. You can't hide what you don't have. You ever drive down the road, and all of a sudden you smell a dead skunk? You might not see it, but boy, you sure, certainly can smell it. Amen? And if you're not spending time with Jesus, if you don't have the aroma of Christ, the, the image, the glory of Christ in your life, people won't see it, but they sure will smell something. Amen? You can't hide what you don't have. Luke 8.18, Jesus says, To him who has shall more be given. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, shall be taken away. First Kings chapter 17, you don't have to turn there, but first Kings 17 is the story of Elijah. And Elijah says this, he says, as the Lord God lives before who I stand, there will be no rain at my word. Elijah said at my word, there'll be no rain. How did Elijah know God would stand behind his word? Well, first of all, Elijah knew that his God was alive, right? Because it says, Elijah stood before the Lord as the Lord God lives before whom I stand. See, Elijah took time to stand before the Lord. So he knew that God would have his back and God would stand behind Elijah's word because Elijah stood before God's face, amen? Jeremiah 23, verse 22 says, if you stand in my counsel, you'll announce my words to my people. Folks, you got to take time to stand in the counsel of the Lord. You got to put your face in the book, amen. And I'm not talking about Facebook. John 8:47 says, "He who is of God hears the words of God." John 9:31, "The man who fears him, God will hear his voice." Amen. Take time to stand before the Lord. Make sure you know that your God is alive. Peter and John had this great confidence, this unwavering wisdom. So folks, we got to know God. You got to know who God is. Apostle Paul said in 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse 12, he says, "I suffer these things, but I'm not ashamed, why? Because I know whom I have believed and Paul says, "I am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him." Until that day, I've known who I have believed. He said, I wasn't taught the gospel. I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.10, he says, oh, that I might know him. That was Paul's desire. That was Paul's hunger. That was Paul's prayer, that I might know him. David says in Psalm seven four, one thing I've asked of the Lord, and this shall I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 4, verse 3 says, The Lord has set apart the godly man for himself. Psalm 73, verse 28 says, As for me, the nearness of God is my good. Folks, do you know God? Peter knew God. That's why he had confidence. He knew his God. Go to 2 Peter, if you don't mind. I told you we'd be flipping around a little bit today. 2 Peter, chapter 1. Again, we're going to look at Peter's confidence. Uneducated. Untrained. Untrained but spending time with Jesus. There's the key right there, my friends. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. I'll read 16 through 19. It says, Second Peter one sixteen. Peter says, We did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him, By the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. In verse 18, Peter says, And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven. He heard it when we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter was with Jesus on the holy mountain when Jesus was transformed. And verse 19 says, And so, so we have the prophetic word made more sure. And he's more confident. Why? Because he was eyewitness. He was an eyewitness to Jesus' glory, so we have the prophetic word, verse nineteen, made more sure, to which you, my friends, will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, as the day until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Back when I was a salesman, I'd have to go overnight and I'd get a hotel and I'd be in my room with my Bible and I'd get my Arby's and I'd be all excited. I got my fast food and I got my Bible and I'm just going to spend the rest of the night just reading the word and feeding my face, feeding my spirit. And it seemed like every night I was in a hotel room, it seemed like some stinking fly got into my room. And I know that if I don't get rid of this fly, it's going to keep flying around and buzzing around privately, landing my big nose while I'm sleeping. So I had to get rid of this fly. So I'm trying to chase this fly around to catch it. And I finally got wise. And what I did is I turned off all the lights in the hotel room and they opened the door and the light out in the hallway was shining. And guess where that fly went to? Right to the light. See, the fly doesn't have a very big brain, but the fly knew to go to the light. And Peter says here, pay attention to God's word as to a lamp shining in the dark place. Friends, Go to the light, which is the word of God. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Anyhow, yeah, I'm off on a tangent here, but 2 Peter 1, 16, Peter had confidence. Why? He said, because I was an eyewitness of his majesty. See, Peter was confident. He was unwavering in his wisdom. When he writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, he says, Jesus is the choice stone The precious cornerstone And he who believes in him Will not be disappointed Peter was confident in that Peter was confident That Christ himself Bore our sins in his body On the cross That we might die to sin And live to righteousness Peter was unwavering In his wisdom When he said The eyes of the Lord are Toward the righteous And his ears Attended to our prayers Peter was confident when he said christ died for our sins once and for all the just for the unjust peter was unwavering in his wisdom when he said we all shall give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead peter was confident when he said love covers a multitude of sins peter was unwavering when he said god is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble Peter was confident when he said, The God of all grace has called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. Peter had the wisdom from above. He had the wisdom of God. He had the uh, the confidence, and he was unwavering in his faith so much that he died as a martyr. They say he died upside down because he, on a cross because he didn't want to die like his Savior, Jesus. But he died outside of Rome, probably about 67 a, uh, A.D., uh, because of Nero, actually the crazy Emperor Nero. Anyhow, Peter was confident because he was an eyewitness to Christ's majesty. How about John? Let's go to John. Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Not the gospel of John, but the epistle of John. 1 John chapter 1. And we're going to see that John had this confidence, this unwavering wisdom, the wonderful wisdom of God. So 1 John, what does he say? 1 John 1:1? He says, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we beheld in our hands and handled concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was also manifested to us. And we have seen and heard and we proclaim to you also. Amen. John said it. I heard Christ. I saw Christ. I touched Christ. I was with Christ. John was confident, unwavering in his wisdom because he had experienced Christ, he knew God. He had this wonderful wisdom of God. So he was confident when he said it's the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. He was unwavering in his wisdom when he said if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He was confident when he said the one who says I've come to know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Ouch. John was confident and unwavering in his wisdom when he said, the world is passing away, folks, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. John was confident when he said, this is the promise which he made for us, eternal life. John was unwavering when he said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, to destroy the works of the evil one. John was unwavering in his wisdom when he said whoever is born of God overcomes the world and this my friends is the victory which overcomes the world our faith amen John was confident when he said he who has the son has the life he who does not have the son of God does not have the life and lastly John said in first John 5 verse 20 the son of God has come and he has given us understanding again first John 5 20, the son of God has come and he has given us understanding how do you get understanding from Christ? It's by standing under Christ. Understanding comes from standing under Jesus. Think about Mary and Martha. Mar- Martha's running around doing all these chores, serving everybody, which is a nice thing to do. But Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, sat under the Jesus' his teaching, and Jesus said what? Mary chose the better part, to sit under Jesus' teaching. John 1, verse 9, the Gospel of John 1, 9 says, The true light has come, and enlightens every man. We get our wisdom from Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 8 talks about wisdom. It says, blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. And I close with this story. True story. It's about a farmer. His name was Farmer James. Out west, out in the middle of the 1800s sometime, out there in the middle of the west. He was a farmer. He had two sons. And one day a stray dog came onto his property. And Farmer James took the dog and brought it into the house for his kids. Shortly after that, a local farmer came by, knocked on the door and asked Farmer James. He said, Farmer James, I lost my dog. He happened to see my lost dog. And right there in front of his sons, Farmer James says, nope, I haven't seen your dog. And the farmer left without his dog. That day, Farmer James gained a dog, but he lost his sons. Because that moment he taught his sons, it's okay to be a thief and to be a liar. And his two sons, named Frank and Jesse, went on to become Frank and Jesse James. I'm sure you've heard of them. Notorious criminals, notorious outlaws. Because that's what they learned from their father. So today I pray that you will get this wonderful wisdom of God that's imparted by Jesus Christ. That comes only through the Holy Spirit. That you might have... Confidence, unwavering wisdom, that you might know your God. Amen. That you will taste and see that He is good. That you, like Peter, will be an eyewitness to His majesty. Like John, you'll see, Harry, Jesus will touch you. Obviously, we can't touch Him at this moment, but He can touch you. But this, my friends, is the wonderful wisdom of God. But you got to seek it, just like Merker's mind, full of all this treasure. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, folks, as I sign off, I ask you to take time and seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Amen. So I thank you for listening to The Job in Jesus Morning Show. Again, this is Pastor John Souza with the Salvation Army. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful day.
1: in vain when hearts of men sow their seeds in shame this happens to the man who forgets his God does he not know